Welcome to the podcast. We talk about all the things that are hidden in the shadows. This is Isaac. And this is Megan. And we know this episode was supposed to be like a week ago. And we have an explanation for, explanation for that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, if I sound um, sticky in my mouth, it's because... <laughs> Ew, uh, don't say that. It sounds weird. Well, yeah, I mean... Sticky in my mouth, that's just... It's like my voice is stuck in your gunner. Yeah, Megan just woke me up. Yeah, we're doing a morning record. Because our schedule has just been crazy off. And I feel like going forward, it's just a lot. I mean, it's all positive things on in our personal life. But I feel like... Yeah, because I uh, started a new job. Yeah. Uh, killing bugs. Yeah, pest control. Yeah, um, which I kind of find more satisfying than, you know, trying to collect money from people. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, we- now I'm actually helping them out by getting rid of something that they don't want in their home. Yeah. Yeah. So... But yeah, that's a new job I started, and I started it this week, and it's good. we kind of had to change everything around because I have an earlier schedule with them. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we had to figure some stuff out. But we get everything going today, and um, I guess it's easier for later, not a possibility, but we might have another case um, coming up here in the near future, but we'll probably just keep you informed about that later on it's no definite right now but um it is yeah. potentially so um yeah so look at that for that and a haunted update in the later weeks probably yeah um as of right now current haunted update i can't really think of anything that's really happened lately yeah no i don't really think all quiet think. on the western front yeah it's actually kind of quiet which is good um oh Oh, oh no, I have something that I can mm. share. Okay, so you guys know how I always talk about the hat man and the girl, right? Well, long and behold, I found out. Low and behold. Oh, I always say long, long and behold. I always say long and behold, I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, that's why, how I learned it. You remind so. me of Biff getting the analogies wrong. Oh. <laughs> Anyways, so, um, I found out that it was actually a dark attachment because I was um, going on another show as a guest interview um, and she's also psychic. Um, it was Life Paranormal with V and we were having technical difficulties and um, like it legit just didn't want us to record. And that's happened to me like sometimes. Um, but it really started ramping up because we were just, you know, like trying to get everything working and we were on the phone with each other. So, um, she was just like, tell me some of your stories. Let's run this through. And, um, so I was telling her the hat man and the kid story. And that's when things just went really weird and my energy went chaotic. And you know that I've said before when the <clears throat> energy gets a bit chaotic, that it normally is like a darker presence, I've noticed, unless the person itself is just a chaotic person, which some people have that energy about them. But when, you know, it's like a normal person, you start feeling the chaoticness, like the, I don't know, like, I, I know with me, when I start feeling the chaotic energy on people, I tend to pace, I tend to, it's like just chaoticness. Because um, everyone's energy should, for the most part, be like chill, almost kind of, you know. Um, and... She started picking that up on me, and then she talked to somebody that she knew that uh, was very, you know, like, seasoned in, you know, picking things up and cleansing and all that stuff. And 
I got the dark attachment off of me. I was able to do that. But yeah, so I know I mentioned a lot on here about the hat man and the girl. And as I was kind of retelling the story consistently, I was starting to feel like the girl was a negative energy, but I couldn't tell. And it was this thing that was masking as like just a shadow. It wouldn't let me see its face, its true face. And then it was coming to me as a, as a girl. So for people listening, it was a dark attachment that I've had apparently since I was a kid that now is removed and good and I feel a lot better, like a lot better. So, um, yeah. <laughs> no, I was remembering what you were talking about. Yeah. Um, that was, yeah. So, um, yeah, I can't think of anything on my end. Um, yeah. I wish my mind was more awake so I could figure things out, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, Morning moving on. Cords. Stop it. <laughs> Moving on to today's episode, um, it's all about urban legends. Yes, uh, and only a few because this would be a multi-part series. Because a lot of things can be qualified as an urban legend. Um, I almost feel like they've always been stories that we've told through time um, that have kind of either grown by other people telling them, mm-hmm. or evolved in because of the story has been changed and altered to. Or it sounds different from who you're hearing it from. Yeah. But in the area where it's located is always where it kind of stands. So some people in a small town might have a urban legend of, don't go down to the lake, uh, one-eyed Billy is going to stab you in the gut or something like that. You yeah. Know? It's 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 a story that's stuck. And then their, their kids tell it and their kids tell it like, oh, hey, one-eyed Billy is one-eyed Willie. And it changes over time depending yeah. on who you hear it from. Um, and those kind of stories uh, – Always gain more and more traction as time goes on. They're kind of like a story that stands the test of time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes it can even be like the background of a location that's haunted. Like, don't go down to that house because this, like, um, for instance, in our neighborhood, there is always, cause I grew up in the neighborhood that we currently live in. Um, there was a house that they always used to say, like, a dark witch lived in. And if you go near her, she'd, you know, like cast something on you or whatever. So it's kind of like there's some, there might be some truth to the backstories or the, the actual legend itself, but there's no like concrete evidence of the actual thing. So, um, yeah, but there's a lot of urban legends. Like, I mean, you can look up tons and tons of stuff. Um, on this episode though, I picked a couple that I, I really wanted to talk about. And the first one is actually kind of gained my interest from TikTok. So there was a, a place that I, I kept getting these for you videos um, about people advising not to go to this lake. And I was like, okay. And then so I looked it up like, okay, well, what's the deal with this lake? Everyone's saying not to go there. It's creepy. It's cursed you know, people die there, like, just don't go there. And so I looked it up and it is Lake Lanier. And there's been some podcasts that have also covered um, Lake Lanier. So if you want more on specifically Lake Lanier, go check that out. Cause there has been podcasts that have just covered Lake Lanier. But yeah, so I guess the first urban legend that we're going to talk about is Lake Lanier. Yeah, I never heard anything about this. Yeah, get ready for this. This is yeah. interesting. And it's got a really dark history and a really dark past. And 
why people go there for like, let me buy my second home over there. Let's go on vacation. Like, I don't know why people, anyways. Okay. So Lake Lanier is the largest man-made, man-made lake in the state of Georgia. The lake spans 600 miles of shoreline that borders five different counties. The lake was created to gain, uh, flood control as well as hydroelectric power and to bring drinking water to the surrounding area. While people use this lake for summer fun, they enjoy everything from boating, fishing, and time spent on the lake. There's a very dark history and some straight up weird things happen at the lake. Yes. And to the point where TikTok has people warning not to go there. Um, so the backstory of the area. So obviously they, it's a man-made lake. It's not natural and they needed land. So back in the 1950s, there was a town called Oscarville. It was an African American community that was thriving. Um, it was a farming community and they had everything that, you know, they needed to, they were self-sufficient. They were, they were good. It was, it was a good, good. Um, a lot of, uh, formerly enslaved people went to this town and their descendants after, you know, everything happened with slavery. So, um, that's kind of like the dark history behind it. Um, so the government said like they helped pay and remove people, like, you know, relocate them. But it was the 1950s. You don't really know, like, I keep getting the word forced, like, whether or not they were forced to go because this was a big thing for the government. Like the government was like, this is going to happen. This is going to be great for us. We're going to have, this is just going to be great. We're going to do this. So anybody that was like, no, I'm not moving. I'm not, this is land that I own. I'm not moving. I don't think it was very pretty, but that's just what I picked up off. And some of the articles kind of said the same thing. Um, but they had to remove about 700 families. Now, this is the this is where it gets creepy. So, the U.S. Army Corps, Corps of Engineers removed most of the buildings to the best of their abilities. That's what they said. But the difficulties came with the cemeteries. They had trouble locating or moving all of the body bodies in any buildings made of concrete or stone. Um. So, by 1956, the lake was uh, filled. So, they are saying, we tried to move everything, everything's good, you know, like, there's some cemeteries stuck down there, but we're just going to fill it anyways, it'll be good, don't worry about it, and there's some articles that state, like, oh, they claim to have moved the bodies, like, but, and most of the bodies were moved, but some aren't, well, not really. If you look underneath, you can see headstones and everything like that, and we know from personal, personal you know, investigating that desecrated graves have a lot of activity. Like in areas where graves are desecrated, the activity is almost like revengeful, upset, pissed off, you know? Mm-hmm. So the best, I know we've talked about it a little bit on here, which was Maysville, which had the poop plant on top of the graves and we felt the energy there. So could you imagine? The entire city. Yeah. And yeah. you think, and you think, okay, well, the family members can't even, you know, when you die and you go to the afterlife, you know, essentially you don't want to be forgotten, you know? And 
I mean, there's a whole movie about that aspect called Coco. I mean, it's part and and, and any culture. Yeah, because you know when you get forgotten, you dissolve. Oh yeah, the second death. I forgot yeah. To talk about. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, people don't want to be forgotten, and their descendants can't even go visit their graves. So of course you're gonna have pissed off spirits. I'd be pissed off. Mm-hmm. So you have that, and then um, so the lake was filled in 1956. Um, and a lot of people have said, like, even when they're just chilling in the lake, they feel like body parts touch them, like arms, legs, weird stuff. So I don't know what makes you want to go boating after, you know, reading stories about that. <laughs> um, but apparently there's still personal belongings down there, remnants of streets, debris, rusting ferries, um, concrete buildings, and a longtime local diver named Buck Buckingham. What? Buck Buckingham. Buck Buckingham. Stop. Oh he God. go dive down to the lake and shit. Uh, okay. So, well, oh, Buck Buckingham. It is Georgia, I, I know. think. Mm-hmm. Um, says when you reach out into the dark and you feel an arm or leg, it doesn't move. Like, he's like, when you go to the darkest, deepest parts of the lake, you can literally, it feels like hands and arms and legs and stuff is touching you and is stuck in rigor mortis. Mm. So you got to think too, not on top of that and on top of the, like the desecrated graves and not being able to see your family members. We are in a hurricane, almost like a hurricane alley, right? We know that when the water comes, when it floods, a lot of the cemeteries have the problems where the graves will rise up, right? There's been a lot of times, a lot of cemeteries that had that problem with the last hurricane that happened. So imagine a lake. So that stuff is just going to be floating. You're going to have animals eating the remains. If there's any remains, if the coffins do open, you don't know how they were buried. You don't know if it was, they had coffins or if they were just thrown in there. Thrown in a hole. Yeah. Not like in a mean way. It's just at the time, probably what they had available. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So. You have that. Um, so there's tons of stories about weird encounters. Even that, um, I forgot what her name, I think it's Naya Rivera. She was the, one of the people with glee. She was out with her son on a, um, boat and drowned herself on this lake. I didn't know it was this lake, but this was the lake. Remember never, it got, I never watched any of the show or. Yeah, I didn't either, but I, well, yeah, but it was a big thing. Like everybody was talking about it. Um, but people have, have encountered things, apparitions, apparently giant catfish as big as station wagons. So that's interesting. <laughs> um, apparently, though, there's one thing that people say they consistently see, and it's a raft that is floating by itself at night. And it's like it's driven by a cloaked figure. And the closer and closer you get, it disappears. Um, but there's an apparently a legend on top of a legend here. So, um, that's the legend of Lake Lenore, but there's a, a legend about an entity that apparently haunts that area. So, um, this is one of the most famous stories of Lake Lanier. Um, so apparently two women who drowned in the 1950s, this urban legend was given the name Lady of the Lake. Back in 1958, friends Delilah Mae Parker Young and Susie Roberts were driving their Ford across the near bridge over the lake that went off the edge and into the water. Divers tried to find the woman, the women, sorry, in the car, but had no luck of even a trace. 
They did several years later find a body which both hands and several toes were missing, but the body couldn't be identified. However, 31 years later in 1990, the Ford was discovered with the body of Susie Roberts still inside. For years, people claimed to see a lady walking the, the Lanier Bridge dressed in blue and missing both hands. Legend has it that she would try and drag people into the lake. So, just so you guys know, too, from 1950s till now, over 600 people have died at the lake. And people that have survived whatever their attacks have been or whatever their situation was has said it felt like as though they were being dragged under the water. Yeah. You want to go to Lake Lanier? No. I'm well, just kidding. Maybe to pull a dark energy from that, but... Yeah. So... <laughs> Um, according to an article by StyleBlueprint.com, there are still 20 cemeteries located in under the lake. So, 20 cemeteries, you think how many bodies are in 20 cemeteries? It's a lot of... A lot of uh, dead people. Hmm. And so, it's kind of interesting, too. It's kind of weird, because, like, the... The body that they found were missing toes, and I mean, if the body was in there, obviously you have you know water, you know aquatic animals in there that probably I hate to say as nasty as it sounds, but like uh, that would consume the body. You know, they don't know anything like fish and stuff like that, but the toe bone would still be there unless they just completely ate the toe. Yeah. Yeah. So. But uh, I just. I just remember it's or something because mm -hmm. my mind is still waking up. Yeah. Um, the other part of the urban legend is, is essentially, um, what's well, folklore and stuff like that. But almost some stories are stories that people tell to kind of, uh, make you learn a lesson, like, uh, mm -hmm. apply something and, 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 uh, so you, uh, you know, become a better person or understand this or something like that. Like, it's, it's almost like a, like a, a, a old wives tale. It's like mm -hmm. that. It's supposed yeah, to be a lesson. It can be, yeah. But uh, some urban legends actually base in actual fact and truth, but maybe an event that happens in history gets, uh, folklore and urban legends surround, surrounding it. Like, mm -hmm. I remember one, uh, do you remember in 2016 mm -hmm. where a bunch of clowns are being sighted all across the United States in different places? And oh, shit like yeah, that? yeah, yeah. Holding axes or holding machetes or holding knives, yeah. right? Yeah. Remember that shit? Yeah. People's fucking, whatever the clown phobia is called, uh, went skyrocket in a sense yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that is technically an urban legend now. And not in the sense that, yeah, those things actually did happen. Mm -hmm. What the urban legend is, and funny enough, I think creepy pastas are more like modern day urban legends yeah yeah yeah, yeah which it's, it, it's like we're changing well not we're changing but it's almost like we're adding to the uh the bank of urban legends another another file you would say of uh style of urban legends are creepy pastas mm -hmm. and so creepy pastas are now considered urban legend in a sense like that or a form of urban legends mm -hmm. but i remember where they're talking about the clown signs and a lot of stories, a lot of creepy pastas were popping up around it, almost trying to explain why there was so much because no one knew the real reason. Mm -hmm. I mean, the logical reason was because a lot of people saw one, two people doing it and they tried to copycat and that copycat that and then it's kind of spread, right? Mm -hmm. But they tried to create uh, creepy pastas of why. And I remember one I was reading is that, uh, it was a spacey story of a girl who, um, 
walked out of a club uh drunk because she, she was waiting for a friend and she saw one of these guys just a clown waiting outside right Mm-hmm. And she was gonna go talk shit to him because she remember the reading the stuff on it and like that. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And like you, you see that son of a bitch, why you're out here like this and stuff like that. And he ends up um swinging a bat from those behind and hitting her in the head. Now she's on the ground like halfway knocked out. Like what the hell. And she remember him saying this like it's like you're lucky you're not the one I'm looking for or the type I'm looking for. I have plenty of friends that are be that find you uh, appetizing, but you're not who I'm looking for what now. In the world? And it was like like uh. Uh, something about how others like me who are tired and sick of a uh, uh, society. It, it was sort of like some bullcrap story, but um, yeah. if that was a real explanation, then, you know, holy crap. But <laughs> I was yeah. just like that kind of like real life encounter we experienced in life kind of birthed a lot of creepypastas. And you got like legendary urban legends like, you know, Bigfoot and Mothman and stuff like that that yeah. are, are cryptoids essentially. Yeah. But they have real life sightings, but people use stories sometimes made up to explain mm-hmm. the real life sighting. Yeah. Um well I just thought I would add that in because I remember remember yeah. that. Yeah. Well, okay, so one of the most um like used or or uh, it seems like almost every state has one of these and it's almost like a hitchhiker urban legend or whatever but there is one that is really creepy um and it's uh it's based out of new mexico but it's also part of mexican folklore as well and it's called la mala la mala ora which anybody i know there's people that speak spanish that la mala ora that it sounds Italian when I say it. Like yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> that speak Spanish that are going to be like cringe. Yeah. You know, say it right, Megan. <laughs> um. Anyways, so, um, in multiple articles, this phenomenon was a malicious entity that stalked crossroads around New Mexico at night. It would hunt, torment, and even kill anyone that would come across the crossroads at night. Apparently, if individuals were unfortunate enough to come across the dreaded La Mala Ora. And gaze head on with it. It would eventually drive the individual crazy. But slowly. So like it would slowly drive you insane. And people even say that this entity is more feared than the devil himself. And when you ask people in Mexico and even New Mexico about um, about this, they refuse to even talk about it. Like because it's so scary. Um, so... Only in your state had an article about it, and this is what they described the legend as. So if you're traveling alone through New Mexico after midnight, beware. If urban legends are to be believed, you may encounter a shape-shifting demon in the road. Sometimes it looks like an amorphous black lump, but if this creature appears at a crossroad in the form of a woman, it is perceived as an omen of death. So, you know, you have those hitchhiker stories where it's like the girl, you know, you see a girl, it gets in and tells you to go here and she was mysteriously killed. And so you have those hitchhiker stories, but then you have this thing, which is like, oh, it's going to straight up kill you. Just, just, just be prepared. Don't look, don't look at it. So if we ever are investigating in New Mexico and you guys are like, let's go down this road and we see a lump of just like a black mass. Yeah. No. And we had another thing for me to take off the plane. Yeah. yeah. But. 
Let me continue. Oh, no, I was going to say right. that, um, funny enough, we even had in, in my little hometown of Blanco, Texas, um, we had something like that. Like there was a yeah. certain highway. Funny enough, it was around where I lived. Ugh. Um, that if you see a girl, it was supposedly a teenage girl on the side of the highway, uh, <clears throat> who looked like she, <clears throat> excuse me, who looked like she gets got like drowned, like she was all wet and stuff. Mm-hmm. Lucy, she only ever appeared when it was raining too to ex- explain that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you would have to give her a ride, and she would complain that she was on a date, and her date dumped her on the side of the road, yeah, and um. Stuff like that. And if you're driving long enough with her, she disappears. Ugh. But if you see her on the side of the road and you don't pick her up, something bad will happen to you as you drive. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Just pick her up. Yeah. So most people are toying with the fear of knowing what she is and knowing that she's a ghost and you're picking up a ghost. Or you're scared, too scared to pick up a ghost and you know what's going to happen to you later on down the road. Yeah. Yeah. So some other examples of urban legends, just to kind of get your brain going, is um, obviously Skinwalkers, La La Rona. La La Rona. Yeah. Um, There's also a place, um, because it could be a place, too. It could be a place, an entity, uh, uh, anything. Um, There's a place called Uraca Mesa in New Mexico. Uraca? I think so. I think that's how I'm pronouncing it. Uraca Mesa, yeah. Uracan over there? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, in New Mexico, and is located on a ranch, and Native American tribes said this place as the entrance to the demon world. Um, from an aerial perspective, the mesa does seem to resemble a human skull. Chupacabra is also a urban legend. Mm. Just to add that in there. Okay, so, I wanted to take this into some weird spots, I guess. So, Thought Catalog, which I like their stuff. Um, Thought Catalog... Uh, had some stories of people sharing urban legends from their hometown. So we're going to dive into that next. Mm. Ready? Okay. So this is called, so this is people that have sent in urban legends that apparently are from their home hometown or where they're at. So this one's called clown man, clown man. I lived right outside Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania as a teenager in a little poor town called Swiss Vale. The next communities over are Rankin and Braddock, which are steel production heyday ghost towns that have been plagued with poverty. A strip of woods lined by a train track follow the river upon which our communities reside. Right next to the river looms the decrepit, abandoned steel mill, I believe once called Carrie Furnace. As teenagers do, my friends and I used to cut through the park across the tracks into the river to drink, smoke pot, and hang out. Eventually, we started exploring the steel mill. I loved it. The graffiti and sculptural artist, the wildlife that randomly took over, the bums who made it home, etc. All made it a worthwhile adventure. I began. I became comfortable there. Um, though my friends told me about an abduction and assault of a teenager who whose body ended up strung up on a couple of city steps. The killer was an insane man who dressed as a clown with a horrid bloodstained mask. He lives in the woods and in the steel mill. He walks the tracks with a butcher knife he hasn't even bothered to clean. Don't come here alone. I had gotten into a fight with my boyfriend one night and stubbornly decided to walk alone from the river, across the tracks and through the woods. I got to the tracks, turned, and looked at the steel mill. Further down the tracks, I saw a figure. I couldn't see the face but the baggy pants were rather clown-like. 
I ran like you wouldn't believe. I've never felt fear like that before. It was probably someone just dressed up as a clown, but who takes those chances with an urban legend like that? <laughs> so, I mean, and you, and urban legends can be like actual people that are psychopaths like that. You know, I think sometimes with urban legends, that's how it starts, depending on the urban legend. Like, oh, people are weird. Okay, here's another one. So burning the Ouija board. The story stories of Ouija boards always mess with me a little. My mom told me a story of when she and her friends used one. After messing around with it, mom's friends asked playfully asked playfully asked when she's going to die. It's spelled out tomorrow. She starts freaking out and then crying without a question. It starts spelling the words goodbye. My mom's friends started crying. My mom said she could see her hands die. Like her hands shrivel up and die. She could see bone and rotting flesh slowly creeping away. They burned it that night with some holy water. Um, her grandmother had to get an entire bottle of holy water to help the horrified teenager teenagers. So she, so basically I know it was a little bit janky the way I read it, but um, so that these, this girl has her mom did a Ouija board and the Ouija board basically uh, they joke jokingly asked like, when is she going to die? You know? And it started spelling tomorrow and then it started moving and spelling goodbye. And the mom said that when she looked at her hand, she could see like rotting flesh. Jeez. Yeah. So <clears throat> it was messing with her vision, mm. but I mean, you guys know our stance on Ouija boards. So, don't mess with them. Yeah. I mean, I have multiple stories about family members that... Mm. Mm. Okay, so along with this, I also stumbled upon another article that um, people sent in, like, urban legends that are around their community. So um, these are some of those. Um, apparently, someone sent in. There's a local lake um, that when I was growing up, I heard the story that a woman was drowned there by her fiance on certain nights, she would come out of the water. And if you happened to be parked near the lake, she would put her hand on your windshield. If she pulled her hand away, it would, it, it left a handprint and meant she were going to die soon too. Mm. So a lot of urban legends too, are similar to that, you know, dealing with the lake, there's a woman that drowned there you see her. And then also too, even the one with the bus, like where the bus gets, um, because I've heard a couple of different areas of that. I think there's an area even in North Carolina, like a group, like a bus got hit over the train tracks by the train and like they try and push you over. There's a, there's one where like a car got hit by a train and the people on the car try pushing you over the train tracks and you can see handprints on the back. I think San Antonio. Even yes. Has one. I was trying to remember what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, that yeah, yeah, technically it is a legend these days. A go, yeah. a go, local ghost story, as they say. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it, it, you probably heard this a thousand times from different other podcasts and such like that. But from what I was told by living in San Antonio, yeah, that stretch of road, uh, it year changes depending who you talk about. Nineteen fifties, nineteen sixties, nineteen seventies, whatever. Group uh, bus uh, of kids stopped on the train tracks because the engine stalled. And um train was coming fast and the bus driver was unable to open the door like bad luck after bad luck, kinda of like a final destination thing. Um 
And at, at that time, uh, I didn't have the safety doors how you get out the back, mm-hmm. right? Didn't need to. When now we do, and probably not this accident, but other accidents like it probably you know pushed it to have yeah. that to happen. But the bus ended up getting hitting by the train, and all the kids dying and stuff like that. Um, so if you were to park your car on the tracks, right, mm-hmm. um, and put your car neutral, and do baby, no, that's not the one. That's if you want to see. Yeah, yeah, but your car would be pushed forward off the tracks. Mm. Um, and that was the urban legend surrounding it. When later we found out it's an optical illusion, the road is actually sliding downhill, but it looks like you're going uphill. Yeah. So, um, that was the urban legend that kind of stuck for a long time. There is an urban legend. So I, there's an urban legend that was actually on, I think it's funny because it was a nonfiction piece that was actually on like our end of the year test one time. Um, and that's where I actually read about it. But, um, I lived in Wilmington when I was a, a kid for a brief period of time. And we lived in these apartments and there was like train tracks, um, cause it was closer to downtown. And so they have a bunch of train tracks going downtown. Um, but it was like right before you get into downtown. And, um, there was apparently a legend that in like the 17, 1800s, um, there's a, a guy walking the no 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 he was on the train and basically two trains collided the caboose of one train and then another train and he was on the end in that little you know like where you could step out on the caboose train car or no uh, you know what i'm talking about yeah platform he's on the platform and basically it killed him and severed his head Mm. and he could not find his head he was buried without his head but that he walks the train tracks with like a lantern at night I've never seen him. I wasn't uh, like we walked around those trains. Now was the train tracks weird feeling? Yeah, but I never actually saw that. But that was that was an uh, an urban legend that was local. I don't really think there's any urban legends over here that I know of. Yeah, is there? Devil's Tramping Ground. Oh yeah, but that's not like local, local here. Well, not local to Jacksonville. So enough is you think you would hear. As long as we lived here, someone tell us something about yeah. the area. But I'm trying to think, uh, there probably is one. I'm just not. But we've remember. actually had a, a religion sighting. Yeah. Black eyed children. Oh yeah, that is technically like an urban legend. Yeah. And uh, if you guys go back to the black eyed children episode, and even haunted Camp Lejeune, I talk about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like a hop, skip, and a jump away from us. Apparently, a marine in his barrack. Had an encounter with black eyed children, which is technically I an urban legend. Dare them to come here. Oh my gosh. I remember I was a nervous wreck when we were doing the black, not the Camp Lejeune one, but the, the black eyed children episode. I was like terrified because, you know, one of the things they say, the more you talk about them, the more they show up. So anybody after the week and during the week that I was researching would knock on the door and be like, <gasps> what is that? What is that? Um, but yeah, so moving on. Seven Gates of Hell. You want to hear that one? Yeah. Okay. And again, in Pennsylvania. So that might be one of our spots that we need to go to in Old, funny enough, original colony cities and towns, stuff like that seem to have a lot of stuff. Yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. in Pennsylvania, there's the Seven Gates of Hell near near Hellum Township. 
There's an insane asylum built in the forest away from the general population to keep all the patients away from people. It is believed that the asylum burnt down and many people died during the fire or escaped into the surrounding forest. The name comes from the fact that a gate was built to keep the escaped patients from leaving the area. But when night falls, you can follow the path past the first gate and will eventually pass through an additional six gates. And after passing through the seventh gate, you will end up in hell. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, a lot of those urban legends too, I think, you know, like wooded areas, rivers, they either it's a cryptoid or it's a, you know what I mean? Weird, like, tale like that. Well, that just reminded me of the uh, mythology or urban legend, you'd say, about uh, supposed three, there's three gateways to hell, actual ones uh, in the world. Uh, One in the desert, which they refer to as somewhere in Africa or the Sahara Desert or something Mm -hmm. like that. One in the ocean, which um, supposedly would have been where the triangle is, Mm -hmm. which would explain why so much weird things happen there. And then one in Jerusalem, right? Yeah. Of all places to put it, or at yeah. least have it, burnt. but um, no one knows what those are. No one, no one's truly found them. Let's say that. Yeah. Um, but that that reminded me of that when I when you were talking about it. Yeah. Um, there is also one that I found. Uh, weirdly enough, was Pennsylvania. They got a lot of urban urban legends mm. for whatever reason. Um, the bus to nowhere, which I thought was. Okay, so there's apparently a bus to nowhere, which is not really scary. Well, I mean, I guess it is if you, um, but I thought it was interesting. Apparently there's a city bus that, um, you get on, you know, you think it's a, a normal city bus and it's literally when you feel like you need to disassociate yourself from society and like deal with your problems, you know, mentally or whatever. You get on the bus, you sit and what seems like, you know, a normal stop. Apparently, months and years will go by, and it will only drop you off at your stop when you're ready mentally. <laughs> so, eh, a lot of people are like, I well, mean, I got a lot of stuff that happened. That bus is gonna be full. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I think it's weird, but you know, it's funny. Um, and I guess this, I guess, could be a tie-in to uh, what, what I guess, what nothing needs to be said, but funny enough, um. One of the current urban legends growing mm-hmm. right now, like I guess a current one, is the ghost of Kiev. Yeah. And if no one's paying attention to the news or anything that's going on in the world, they must be living underneath a rock. No. Um, but yeah, a fighter pilot taking down Russian p- planes and pilots, like a lot of them, by, by their cells. Cause we don't yeah. know who the ghost of Kiev is. No, or he, if it's no, even one person. No, he was now. Did he? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a video, I think, or at least who they perceive him to be. Yeah, but he's creating kind of a, a story, a legend behind yeah. it, which is going to make a movie one of these days. Yeah. Um, but I guess I wanted to, well, the state is, I know, I know you did too as well, but if we have any listeners in Ukraine or in the surrounding areas, hey, we're thinking about you, you yeah. know, keep up the good fight and, and we, it sucks what's happened to your country. And, uh, yeah. we know that thoughts and prayers. We're with you, uh, with yeah. everything. So I just want to get that out there, but, um, so that kind of wraps up our episode. Yes. Because we can go into more. You know what's funny is that um I can't remember uh, if we ever did an episode on Bigfoot. Not Bigfoot. We talked about him in Because I know we have a lot of Bigfoot fans yeah. that are like, Mothman why are we talking about him? Yeah. 
Um, I think we should probably do an episode on him. Not next episode. Yeah. People can, eh? no. Um, next episode is more, I guess, like technical, yeah. which is interesting. Uh, but we'll definitely have an episode on Bigfoot and everything that we know so far. And I, I think I had a theory I explained a couple of times on what he is on uh, other episodes. But next week will be... Um, what we call the paranormal whys. Yes. And that's basically like questions that people typically have about the paranormal. Like, why are uh, mirrors portals? Why, why this? Why that? That we've even... Some questions that we've even asked and we're going to find some research about and kind of go into in examples and stuff like that. Yeah. So... Because when it comes to the afterlife, there is a lot of answers to questions, but there's also still a lot of mystery to everything that goes on. Yeah. So it's a lot of like theorized questions or theorized answers. answers. So it's just our opinion and our idea of it. Um, And some of it will be like from actual research that has been done and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, Yes. Look look forward to that next week. Um, And I can't can't think of. Anything, uh, anything else? My brain is still trying to wake up. So we don't. We do have a bonus episode that's out right now with oh, Walden. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was a really, if you're just wanting a really chill, you guys talk about the paranormal and like some spooky stuff, mm-hmm. but it's a really chill, just like fun interview. They're really fun people. So they do our intro and outro music. They're the band that does that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I know we've talked about the Awaken series that I keep hinting at of wanting to do about abilities and stuff like that um so i've we've decided that um with bonus episodes in the waking series we're going to alternate so one week will be a bonus episode and then the following week will be an awakened series episode so um this week will be the this wednesday will be the first um since you know it's being released on saturday will be the first episode of the awakened series with me yeah because i don't have any psychic mental no it's not that it's just (laughs) um kind of going through my story and we'll obviously bring isaac on at some point and we'll have other guests on have abilities as well to talk about their stuff and how they've coped with it and how they've dealt with it. But the Awakened series isn't going to be like an actual pod, like on our podcast thing. It's going to be on Instagram and then on our YouTube. So you can get either or. So it doesn't get like our feed doesn't get like clouded on our, um, not clouded, but like too much going on on our Hmm. thing. So, Yes, so I look forward to those things coming in the near future. Yeah. Um, as always, guys, you can find our social uh, 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 <laughs> social media um, at uh, Hidden in the Shadows Podcast on Instagram, Hidden in the Shot 6 on Twitter, Hidden in the Podcast 2 on TikTok, or if you want links to all our social media and all ways you can listen to us is HiddenTheShadowsPodcast.com. Also has links to our merch store, so if you want to get a shirt from us or some other cool designs we have. Um, but yeah, as always. We'll catch your widows in the next one. Yeah.